This is Midnight Alchemy with your host Jason Allen on the Left Coast Media Network. And now here's Jason. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you are. This is Midnight Alchemy and I am Jason Allen. Hello there. We got something a little different on this episode. We're not going to be, you know, talking and interviewing. Oh, no. This week, we're going to go the best paranormal movies ever, ever. And to help me do this, I can only bring in one person, right? The, the, The person who has got this down pat. He is a he is a knowledgeable dude about everything. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce Doc Normal. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Am I, loud, am I loud enough? Oh, yeah, you're good. Okay. Yeah, no. Over the past week or so, I've been making, you know, the list and going over it. Some are going to be, you know, really standards and some are going to be, you know, I don't know if I've seen that one here. I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard of it, but. I think I've got a tasty, uh, tasty wine list here, and I think it's going to be good. And it's not going to be like five, four, three, two, one, which is I'm just throwing them all out for your entertainment. So, so Doc, how hard was it for you to come up with a list? Mm, it was hard, but uh, just to think about all of the different aspects of paranormal film. And yeah. literature. So uh probably this afternoon I overthought it and started working on my master's thesis. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it's just like, oh man, you know. Yeah. Because I mean, where do you start? Where do you start? I mean, right. you know, you you, uh, you start with the 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 godfather. Godfather's the, paranormal? No, not the godfather, the godfather of um, storytelling. Oh, oh. The Bard. Ah, okay. William Shakespeare. Right. Ghosts appear all over his plays. Sure, you got Hamlet. And, you know, one of the great ghost bits is in Macbeth, right? The Scottish play. Scottish. So, I mean, you know, it really goes back. It's interesting to look at the history of, like, paranormal stories ghost yeah. a lot of like ghost stories and things they go all the way back to shakespeare you have dickens right. mary right. shelley uh bram stoker you know right right so yeah there's a lot there's a lot there but i yeah i tried to pick out some that people maybe don't know or have forgotten about i mean yeah. there's, and there's tons of stuff in the last 20 years mm-hmm. um tons and tons of movies out there but uh yeah since ever since uh whenever paranormal became vogue right 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 uh yeah on a upcoming show i'm gonna try to get uh dr rebecca housel on yeah she should be doing this yeah (laughs) you know she's perfect for this she's the pop culture professor right uh so i'm i'm gonna go at it from that angle you know like uh paranormal through pop culture through the more of a history bent right right but uh uh okay let's get into this so i uh didn't put anything in order because a lot of it was just vomited out of my noggin so it's an it's an i'm sure your uh, family appreciated that 
Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, they they, they always <laughs> they clean up always... the cat and what came out of Jason's noggin. Right. It it <laughs> happens. Uh, it, you know, it's it that's paranormal all in itself. That's true. There's a movie right there. It's that's just right. like that. I don't know. He just showed up and he started vomiting out of his noggin, and right. uh, the government gets involved, and who knows what happens after that. What's the title of it? The uh, noggin vomiter. <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> Done. Or, or how about this? It's spewed at midnight. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but uh okay, number one I just threw out there, okay? Is yeah. uh of course the, the biggie, close encounters of the third kind. Yeah, good job. Good job. You know, you I, I had that first on my list, but I didn't put it on my list because I thought it was too obvious. Right. Uh, oh, but I'm going for the obvious, man. No, no, but no, but it, it is definitely I you know, here here's the problem with the when you say paranormal, it, mm-hmm. it's science fiction, it's horror, it's ghosts, it's it's a lot of different things. Right. Um, and of course, Close Encounters, you know, I consider that really it, it's a science fiction film, but right. it, it's it's fantastic in that there's all these paranormal things that happen due to the spoiler alert aliens you know <laughs> ufos um and it's really well done too i mean yeah. i love it when um i love the scene when barry gets abducted oh, yeah. in the house when the like, like everything starts shaking and his toys go off and right. he runs in the room and the the uh the oven opens up and it's like on full blast <laughs> right and i mean th- those special effects Yep. are amazing and uh i believe that's douglas trumbull by the way who i will mention uh, later excellent yeah my, yeah my favorite uh scene in that is uh when richard dreyfus is at the dinner table and he's got this huge pile of mashed potatoes and yeah. he's doing the devil's tower with he's like this is important anyway. yeah yeah i yeah you know i saw that movie when i was a kid yeah uh in the theater i'm that old and and I loved it. And over the years, as I've rewatched it, I've just I've never it's always held up and I've always really enjoyed it. And it's 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 almost less about the aliens than it's the the characters, what they're going through, what they're experiencing, kind of a psychological study of um of of of, you know, what what are you going through if you're having these extraordinary things happen in your life right you know which could be aliens ghosts uh satanic spirits you know uh there's so much psychology behind these stories and i I found that that was kind of a theme yeah you know psychology and you know you can't beat spielberg you know no no i i think it's one of his 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 best great cast uh he the the if people don't know um he cast his his um his idol francois truffaut the director oh yeah uh, the french director is lacombe yeah. the uh the french ufologist scientist at the yeah. end yeah. um and and you know that was of course spielberg that was one of his great idols as a filmmaker and i i think truffaut he he died pretty early so i i i think it was not many years later that he passed away um but uh so just a little 
thing there that the French scientist is uh, is Francois Truffaut, the French right. director. You read my mind uh, when we were talking. I was like, I was going to ask you, hey, who who's the French dude? Yeah, <laughs> I could, I would have put it. You know, I mean, you you did it very eloquently, and uh, yeah, I would have. Who's the French dude? Well, like I said, I've been working on my thesis, so. <laughs> <laughs> So you're I'm well all versed. Yeah, I'm. It's like it's a podcast, man. Chill out. It's like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> I have a book report due. That's I'm right. stressed, man. Hey, there will be no plagiarism here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Professor Jason's gonna mark me down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy that comes out with the French dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're gonna get the uh, feeling as we go along that I'm gonna be the low hanging fruit guy. Special mention too: the guy who plays the translator is one of my favorite character actors, and he's also a writer and a director himself. Uh, Bob Balaban. Oh yeah, um, I love Bob Balaban. And, and he's yeah. yeah, and he's in all kinds of different things. Uh, I think one he just shows up, and you're always like, oh wow, all right, Bob Balaban's <laughs> in this. Um, and he's done a lot of television and whatnot, but he was uh, he was in the sequel to 2001. He was the guy in the in the movie 2010, which was a sequel to 2001, made in the 80s. He was the guy who invented Hal. He's oh. the computer scientist uh, yeah. who has to go to the discovery circling Jupiter and reactivate Hal. And he and he he plays he always plays these nerdy guys like translator and you know professor and stuff and just, he's, yeah. he's really good at that. Oh yeah, so. my my favorite uh, movies uh, with him in it uh, is the uh, Christopher Guest movies. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, wait, waiting yeah. for Guffman. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, A Mighty Wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, love, love those movies. Yeah, love it. All right, dude. Uh, you got you got to throw out one yourself. Okay, let me see here. So you did Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to take this in order. I do have it in chronological order, but I'll play. <laughs> I will. I will play off. I. I will. I will look at your move and then play my move. Oh, okay. So I'm going to take when I thought of Close Encounters, I thought of a different movie. Okay. And that is, and and this goes along with, I think, one of the finest paranormal actors. A little-known guy that you may never have heard of before, but I think he's an upcomer, and I think he's going to be a big star. One Christopher Walken. Oh, I love, I loves me some Walken. And I have one, two, I have three, uh, four with an honorable, actually four. Christopher Walken films on my list. One of them, if you liked Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you may very well like Communion. Oh, Whitley Strieber. Yeah. 1987, written by uh, uh, his true accounts Mm -hmm. by Whitley Strieber uh, or Strieber. I'm not sure how you say his name. uh, Strieber. Um, He wrote a book about uh, his encounters with with aliens and it's kind of the whole getting abducted getting probed and whatnot and in 1989 philip uh director philip mora turned this into a film starring christopher walken lindsey krauss uh who uh, was in the original david mamet film house of games francis sternhagen great actor uh and and andreas 
Katsulas. Oh. Andreas Katsulas is known to sci-fi people because he was played Jakar, the Narn ambassador in Babylon 5. Fantastic actor. He was also yeah. the one-armed man in the remake of The Fugitive with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh. But fantastic actor. I, I And I just rewatched it. It's up on Tubi. And um, I, I totally forgot who was in it. And it was like, oh, Lindsay Krause. Oh, Andreas Katsulas. They play friends. <laughs> And this movie, it was hard. I, I, I was watching it, but you have to really sit down and watch it because mm. the way they film the paranormal, the encounters and stuff, like you really have to watch. Yeah. It's really well done. Like the very first time you see he kind of wakes up and weird stuff is happening and you see he kind of looks at the dresser drawer and you see an eye peeking out and then it flashes away and you're like, oh, crap. Movie <laughs> will creep you out. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's a really Walken is fantastic in it. I mean, he's Christopher Walken, you know, you right. know, his style of acting. But uh, um, yeah, I think it's a good it's a great companion to Close Encounters because it is a study of the psychological effects of someone who has been um or or believes they have been um abducted by aliens. Right. And you know, Whitley Strieber, I mean, he was on Art Bell for years. Yeah. He was yeah. One of uh, the, his uh, favorite guests. Um Yeah, very well known. Yeah, I, he... I I knew nothing about Whitley Strieber until I saw this movie. Like I was like what what is this? Well, this is based on a book, you know, and I was like, wow. And the the cool thing about it is you know, you could come into it as a skeptic and say, you know, I'm not so sure I think that people are abducted by aliens. Okay. That doesn't matter in this film, in this story. This is this person's story of what they experienced and the psychological effects. And when, and when you, you, you analyze it that way, it's, uh, you know, you, you, you really have some empathy too. Yeah. For oh, yeah. what he went through, yeah. there's a lot. Like you come away going, "Wow, I I feel feel bad for him," you know. Sure. Well, it, you know, I think it helps though that it was a bestseller and he probably made a uh, a ton of money out of it. I mean, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get probed, yeah. man, you better get yeah. paid for it. Well, I and 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 I and I got to tell you, it's I don't think they've ever tried to remake this story. And and it's Christopher Walken. I mean, he he does things that no other actor does. Right. You know, in his films. And and I I thought it was well cast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It loves me some Walken, man. Oh, Uh, you will love even more. Oh, yeah. Uh, In fact, I'm going to spit out a Christopher Walken movie now, too, that's on my list. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Prophecy. That was the next one on my list. There you go. Yeah, I love the prophecy. For yep. me, Vigo Mortensen. Is, Vigo Mortensen is the best Satan man. I mean, that and guy, Eric Stoltz is great in it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineteen ninety-five. Um, yeah, that obviously that that popped on my list as well. Um, uh, and yeah, that that is. I kind of went into that movie going kind of goofy, but you just buy into it as it's going right. on and you're like wow okay right. um uh yeah and and if you like vigo mortensen who doesn't yeah uh he's he's fantastic in it 
Oh yeah, when they're in the the scene where uh, they're in the church, and you know, of course, Satan appears in the pew mm-hmm. behind them, you know, and he's uh, his his little uh, little Tommy Daggett, you know, always mm-hmm. thought, you know, uh, always looked at the ghosts underneath his bed at night, and he never knew that there were <laughs> really there, you know. It's like oh. But I, I, Vigo, man, he is the best Satan. I, I wish that there was some movie in the future or something that he could reprise a role of that because he, that man was meant to be the devil. Yeah. 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 yeah Christopher Walken. Elias Coteas, oh, yeah. I don't remember him. Right. Virginia Madsen. Oh, yeah. Love her. Eric Stoltz. Yep. Amanda Plummer. Yes. yes. And Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. yeah. And this yeah, one- it's. This was Vigo, you know, obviously before Lord of the Rings. He wasn't yep. that much of a household name. No, no, no. But great actor. And um, it's been a while since I've seen this movie, um, you know, and I didn't have time to like go screen all these films. So it's been a while. But I do remember, I, I remember the visuals are really great. Right. In the prophecy. Right. Um, and again, just part, again, the stream of. Really great Christopher Walken movies. Uh, how about if I, you did that chess move, how about if I reply with another one along those same lines, which popped up right after I put the prophecy on list. If you like the prophecy, you might like Fallen. Yes. Yep. Uh, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington, yeah. John Goodman, Donald Sutherland, um embeth davids james gandolfini is in it and he's really good this is pre sopranos sopranos and again elias coteas which i I can't remember he's also in it um it's a nicholas kasdan script this was 1998 Uh, again denzel washington denzel didn't do too many like horror type things he was more like thriller uh, action. Love Denzel. I'm a huge Denzel Washington fan. Oh, yeah. But Fallen, if you like the prophecy, Fallen, Denzel Washington plays a cop. Is he? I can't remember where. Is it New Orleans or is it somewhere oh, else? Geez, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. And uh, yeah, similar things ensue. Oh, I love it. Love um, it. What there's a, a mur- cast. There's a murderer and turns out the murderer has a secret name and satanic things ensue and the great thing about this movie is you will come away with the earworm of time is on my side <laughs> instead of the rolling stones right? yeah. yeah uh yeah you know i'm surprised they didn't put sympathy for the devil on it might be in the soundtrack i don't know yeah It'll be a little bit harder to sing though, but but like every time it's like they start humming, and it's like, okay, why is that guy humming that? Oh, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's I don't want to spoil it, but there's a part where, yeah, I, I'm not I I can't really spoil it, but there's a part where Jan, James Gandolfini starts humming it, and you oh. go, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no you're good. Swear on this one. You're good. But yeah, yeah, I think I think if if people like the prophecy, uh, they'll like Fallen. And again, another stellar cast, highly entertaining movie. Right, kind of starts out as a cop movie, and then mm, things happen. Hard left. Yeah, 
Yeah, which I like. So one thing I like about film is when they break genres. Yeah. So if you give me a, I I, I like it when a film is like a par, has paranormal aspects, but you kind of sleight of hand of it. It starts out, oh, this is a cop movie. Okay, yeah, chasing a murder and whatnot, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute, there's something much more uh you know uh, happening like, underneath layers this. upon layers yeah it's, yeah I'm, I'm gonna say something that hardly anybody knows okay but the french connection gene hackman <laughs> <possessed>. <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> that's right oh yeah. all right so let's see the prophecy uh then okay i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of go along the same theme okay I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw out there the Exorcist. Well, yeah, you just mentioned the French Connection, so I thought <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's gonna go there, <laughs> right? Uh, you love me the Exorcist. I mean, of course, it's a classic, but it's just it, it was one of those movies still that holds up well. She still spews, you know, pea you know, pea green soup, and uh, but it's just. You know, instead of the old hack and slash or whatever it is, it, I mean, it's just creepy. The whole thing's got the lighting, uh, just the the obviously the script, but it's just creepy. And that always, I remember watching that as a, kind of a a little niblet there, and uh, that <laughs> that frightened me for days, man. That spooked me out. Yeah, um, me too. I I was. I was way too young to go to the theater and experience it. And the hype around the exercise for, uh, first, before we say anything, yeah. we have to say uh, uh, the director, William freaking uh, passed away last week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so uh, RIP, um, he was a fantastic director. You mentioned the French connection yeah. was, uh, uh, you know, considered yeah. one of his, great movies and then he follows it up like a good director does with oh, how about the exorcist you know you know i mean it's uh, about another classic and another classic um so i yeah i i knew about the movie it, it, it was a phenomenon oh yeah um they theaters would put barf bags in the theater for people <laughs> who yeah. would get sick during the movie this is the craziness of the hype around back old hollywood this movie came out in 1973 yeah and you know older kid like babysitters and stuff would be like oh yeah we went to go see the exorcist <laughs> you know it's the scariest movie of all time if you can sit through it you're gonna you know what i mean it was right. really had that hype of um of being so horrific yeah you know i i, I think that well, I have another one on the uh, probably probably Psycho maybe before that, but this this uh, movie, The Exorcist, was just just uh, something else. And um, for me, the first time I ever encountered it, uh, I was a little kid, and they they played it on TV for oh, the late night movie, like ABC or whatever, sometime in the whenever it was. And uh, highly edited, of course. In fact, they they re-edited the dialogue because, you know, a lot of the dialogue is so, uh, you know, profane when she's 
possessed. Oh yeah. And um and somehow I don't know how it was, what it was. I I knew it was on so I snuck over and <laughs> turned the TV on for a for a, a quick bit cuz you know, I'm curious. I want to see this exorcist. I turned it on and it was in the middle of one of the moments and I heard the sounds of the of the possession and it freaked me out and I turned the TV off and I ran to my bedroom. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, right. I, I, and, and I couldn't just get that little snippet of sound out of my head. Oh yeah. yeah I had nightmares. And so one thing about this movie is I think the sound design. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I've had since Friedkin passed away last week, uh, you know, people have talked about the exorcist and revisiting. It. It's like a classic film. And some people are like, yeah, you know, the pea soup and all that stuff maybe right. that those effects haven't aged quite as well as today sure. but i think if you just close your eyes and listen to the sound oh yeah yes and, and, and their theme song too you know yeah tubular bells by yeah. uh mike 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 oldfield yeah, i think so. creepy on its own man yeah yeah the sound design the soundtrack um you know, and that's another thing about these movies. If 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 you're a budding filmmaker, uh, you don't have to necessarily show everything. You can you can have that light and the uh, open door to the room down the hallway, yeah, and just create a great soundtrack and special effects and demonic sounds and stuff, and have your character standing there going, "Do I go in?" Or do I run down the stairs and get the hell out? You know, right. uh, you will scare the crap out of people because it's that anticipation of what's behind the door. Yeah. What am I encountering? I, right. Yeah. I mean, I like, uh, you know, yeah, maybe I'll go to the seminary, be a priest. Yeah, I ain't going to walk up the stairs to some little girl's bedroom. That's like all that demonic noise is happening. It's like, oh, yeah, you go. I'll be here. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a polishing seminary, the rosary or something, right? You know? <laughs> right. If, if you're uh, if you're like hanging out, you know, and they're they come up to you, you know, the archbishop or cardinal comes up to you yeah. and says, "Hey, Father Jenkins, we want you to go in. Uh, you know, we want you to go handle this, uh, you know, alleged exorcism." Yeah, if 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 you're uh, if you're Father Jenkins you're right you're just like ah, i can't go on polishing the rosary beads you know right yeah it, yeah the movie have you ever read this book i haven't read the book but it's supposed to be pretty good have you have you read the uh william peter blatty novel of the exorcist uh, yeah uh-huh long um, time ago though my understanding is there's a lot more because the here's the other thing about it it's a paranormal film you know, satanic, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. But it's really about someone losing their faith, the priest losing his faith. Right. It's a fascinating story, like, right. you know, about his mother, uh, you know, and there's apparently there's a director's cut. There is. One yeah. of the cuts that actually puts some scenes back where you get that story. Um yeah that for some reason was cut out like where he's, he talks, Max von Sydow is mm. the, Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. The older priest. And he says, why, why, why would 
God let this happen to this, you know, innocent little girl. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I find, I find that those themes pretty fascinating. Sure. Um, most definitely, you know, um, there's a, you know, I had a tangent for the exorcist about sound design. <laughs> yeah. I'll make it quick. No, good. We got, um, time. Oh, I, I should mention before I forget, they are remaking the exorcist right now. Really? Yeah. I, I can't remember. I, I didn't look it up, but, um, they are, they are remaking it and I that, can't remember that, who that, that is some huge, uh, shoes to fill, man. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, but man. just, just heads up everybody. Um, but what I was going to say about sound design and the exorcist and exorcisms in general, yeah. if you like the exorcist and if you like sound design and if you like hearing the sound of exorcisms, <laughs> let me recommend an album to you. Uh, My Life in the Bush of Ghosts by Brian Eno and David Byrne. Oh, oh 1981, released in 1981. Yeah. Uh, there's a track on there called The Jezebel Spirit. And and like Brian Eno does, a lot of the tracks have um uh like found sound sound effects things and then they play the music to it it's a great album by the way it's it's i think it's really gotten to be cult status album and i think after this album i think then brian eno was producing talking heads uh albums and i think a couple songs that they didn't put in this album ended up on talking heads but um there's a track on here called the jezebel spirit and it uses as its foundation a recording of a priest actually doing an exorcism. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Oh. And again, when I heard that on the radio, it must have been like Kabu or something in the car, and I had to pull over. I was like, "What the heck is this?" It it uh, creeped me out. Oh, yeah. But I was a little older. I was like a teenager. And I was like, I I gotta find out what this is. And I was waiting, wrote it down. I was like, oh, my life in the world. I gotta go check this out. And I ran to the record store and bought this album. Um, and it is a very good album. But uh, it, the Jezebel Spirit is really cool. You hear this guy. I don't know if he's Irish or something, mm. and he's casting out a demon from some lady. Man, that's crazy. That uh, okay, folks. Uh, whoever listens to this. That is your homework. You got to go out <laughs> and listen to the Jezebel spirit. That's your homework. Uh, there will be a pop quiz next week. I mean, I think, it, you know, you should probably know who Brian Eno and David Byrne is and kind of dig their their kind of vibe and what yeah. they do. You know, it's yeah. not it's not like Quiet Riot or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> in, in fact, uh, also a little known, uh, little known fact here. I'm bringing out a lot of little known facts tonight. So, uh, David Byrne and Brian Eno, their love child, Tim Burton. Oh yeah, just throwing that out there. No, that's a fact. Fact. We we only talk facts here, man. Right. And, and you can actually see that, you know. Sure. The truth lives here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the Exorcist. Mm -hmm. So I've got two tangents here. Uh, one is obvious, one is less obvious, and I'll take the less obvious one first. 
Yep. It's like a chess game. Oh, it's like it's like it's Spock and Kirk on the Enterprise doing three, four dimensional chess, right? Right. right. Um. So in The Exorcist, the older priest is played by the great Max von Sydow, mm-hmm. who recently passed away a while ago, sadly. Uh, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Von Sydow was in probably one of the greatest classic paranormal films of all time. Mm. And that would be 1957's The Seventh Seal. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Directed by Ingmar Bergman. Yeah. Um, and Max von Sydow plays the knight coming back from the Crusades where he encounters this is where we get the trope, the meme. He encounters death, yeah. who he challenges to a chess game. And he, uh, the movie's kind of, I think he's kind of reviewing his deeds and, you know, the crusades and death. It's been a while since I've seen it, but, but it is a classic and considered one of the classic films of all time. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, based on the book of revelation, the crusades, uh, you're directly dealing with death, you know, who's the, the kind of a Faustian thing going on there. Um, that's some uh, heavy stuff, man. Well, man, it's, it's heavy, heavy things. So should I throw in the, the pre prequel exorcist? Because it was only a few years before The Exorcist in 73 Mm -hmm. that in 1968, we got the film Rosemary's Baby. Yes, that's on my list, too. Yeah, that would be, I think, a good dovetail. Roman Polanski Mm -hmm. uh, starring Mia Farrow. And I always forget John Cassavetes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's the he's the the dude. And Ruth Gordon. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and Ralph Bellamy. So oh. Rosemary's Baby again. Um, I don't know what can you say about it. It's like right. gonna have a baby. Mm, maybe we don't exactly know who the father is. <laughs> maybe right. we don't want to know. <laughs> right. Can you, Can you imagine if it was nowadays, right? And you're getting an ultrasound, and you see yeah. that. Yeah. I think that might, you know. <laughs> well, uh, Rosemary's Baby touches on, um, uh, uh, you know, again, this touch on psychological, I don't know what you call them, constructs or whatever, uh, pregnancy. That is a huge, you know, yeah. when, when uh, a woman is pregnant, even her partner, you know, there's a lot of anxiety sure. that comes with pregnancy. I mean, it's a huge, it is a huge anxiety inducing thing, especially if it's your first. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it is it safe? Is everything going to turn out okay? Is everybody going to be okay? Is the mother going to be okay? So Rosemary's baby really plays mm-hmm. on the anxiety of pregnancy. Right. Well, if you if you try to recreate it, right, and you got the ultrasound, you can't do anything about it because Roe versus Wade has been overturned. You know, you got That's you got some guys, you must have this baby. You're like, no, it's Rosemary's baby. I don't want this. You have to yeah, set it you know. in 
Texas or something. I don't right, know. Right, right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Every sperm is sacred. <laughs> ah. Oh, that's definitely on the soundtrack. You know, to, to, that's actually paranormal. That 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 I sang a line from from the Monty Python mm-hmm. movie, The Life of Brian. There's paranormal moments in that. Sure. The, the death does appear in that movie. So <laughs> Monty Python makes the list. That is one of my favorite tunes. I know they've got so many great tunes, you know, mm-hmm. in their repertoire, but uh, every sperm is sacred. It's one of my favorites. I love that number. I love that <laughs> the concept. Right. And very timely. Yeah. There you go. So Rosemary's baby. Okay, I'm gonna count I'm gonna counter that. I'm I'm gonna go hardcore into the uh the classics, okay? Good. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Uh I'm gonna throw it out there. The original, not the remake, but the original War of the Worlds. Oh yeah. 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 You got so it. I yeah. I mean, I mean that's I, the, you know, pre uh, alien, pre ET, pre everything. And you got, you know, HG Wells, man. Yeah, I mean again, that's that's where I'm like, oh, it's a sci fi movie. But definitely hard science fiction. But I mean, you know, UFOs and aliens fit in this broad category. Yep. Um uh it, you know, I recently rewatched that on streaming like six, eight months ago, some last year. And boy, the original really holds up. Oh yeah. Um Gene Barry stars in that. Um and he's really good as he's kind of the scientist and I'm from a science. I'm here to help, you know? Um, right. I've got the yeah. white jacket. I'm yeah. here to help. Yeah. That really holds up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I went back and it was on streaming and I had never seen the remake with, um, with, with Tom, with right. Tom Cruise, uh-huh. which I think, is that a Spielberg movie? Uh, yeah it, it is i think it is it is yeah. i think it is the tom cruise remake from earlier in the 2000s That's so i watched the original and then i went and watched the uh the remake which i didn't hate the remake no it wasn't bad it was pretty good i'm not um, I'm, not, I'm not a huge tom cruise guy except for oh, like his early movies you know outsiders oh, come on man business He's ever a national since, treasure. I know. Ever since he jumped on Oprah's couch, I, they, I've been Aww. off the bandwagon. Look, he may have, you know, be weird, but he's a great actor and makes great yeah. movies that you right. will buy buy tickets and popcorn to go see. Right. He, he is a great actor. I, I you know. Uh, Maverick! Um, there was one guy that at very first I didn't like him, but he kind of grew on me. And that is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like him, too. Now, I, I, you know, every time, you know, I want to criticize Tom Cruise, then I'll I'll see one of his movies. and I'll go, you know, this guy's really good. I mean, he's, you know, how many leading men in the style of old Hollywood uh, do we have? And 
Yeah. Tom Cruise is one of them. Right. You know, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, yeah. um, maybe a few of the, you know, the Marvel guy, you know, the Hemsworths or whatever. Uh oh, the Chris's, you know. But I, I mean wide yeah. shut. Oh, I yeah. I, I love that movie. Yep. I love that movie. Uh yeah. So I watched the Tom Cruise remake and one thing I appreciated about it is um I think they tried of course it's a modern modernized present set in present day but I think they the the 19 is it 52 I can't remember what year the original it's in the 50s um but I think they tried to do some things in the novels that they had changed in the original adaptation like the tripods if you read Oh. The story, it's a it's a quick read. The aliens are tripods, and in the Tom Cruise movie, they're tripods. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a big thing in the H.G. Wells story and right. some other things. So, um, but yeah. What I liked about the original is they you know, they didn't go all in on the alien, right? You didn't see them. Except, right. You know, at right. the end, you know, the hand falling out. Yeah. And yeah. even just the hand, you're like, holy cow, these guys must be yeah. ugly suckers. Yeah, and uh, to me that was creepy all on its own, just because it it let you uh, you know the the imagination of the mind, you know. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, a lot of it, a lot of that movie focuses on what's going on in the town. You know, I mean, it's just like it just happened to crash here in this small little town. I mean, there's like a is it do they have like a square dance or something where they go, you know, as the stuff is going on, Uh, well, you're, well, well, you're a single man. Aren't you're coming to our dance tonight, the town dance. Right. And you're like, well, that's going to be the last town dance for quite some time. Right. (laughs) You know, uh, this will not end well, you know, you know, that small town Americana kind of a thing, you know, Oh, Oh, Bill at the gas station drove by and says, there's some weird lights out there. Oh, well, we'll have to go check it out in the morning after we have a, you know, roast beef and a dance. You know? We'll get the, we'll get the coon hounds and go out and get it tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, which makes that movie very entertaining as that unfolds. You know, um, there's always the small town. Everybody's fine, and then things, sure. and then oh crap. Um, and of course, we all remember what also holds up. And I think you said. You listen to this every year, don't you? The Orson oh, I, Welles well, yep. War uh, of the Worlds, the yeah. broadcast that freaked, fra- freaked out. out the East Coast uh, when he he broadcast it live. Um, and that it is a wonder. I mean, it's Orson Welles when he was doing radio and plays before he was doing films. And, before he's doing Mr. Coffee commercials? Yeah. Uh, no, it, we, that... I I got a tape of that way like back in the when I was a kid, you know, and I would listen to it and it's like, oh, this is really good, you know. And the whole thing is the way they do it. It's like they it, the reason people freaked out is because they thought they were listening to a radio show and it's like, and now here's how so and so and up on the orchestra and the dance. Oh, we break in. We've got some <laughs> lights in New Jersey. And it was like yeah. we were like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, of all the places to land in the world, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was like, you know, and, and they had to come on the air. He had to go, uh, 
this you're listening to a radio play right <laughs> there's I, not I, really things happening yeah i remember uh watching a video of him coming out the next day you know he's on film and everything and it's yeah. like this yeah. press conference and he's like oh i'm yeah. sorry you know i just like that yeah he looks really freaked out right right yeah i've seen that clip and he's like he he looks you know um there was a movie about that that was pretty good and i can't remember where it is it was about the whole making the radio show Mm. and everything and what happened and it was very good i don't know if it was a theatrical film or maybe it was like a made for tv movie but it was really well done really well done um yeah yeah loves loves me some more of the worlds man so you want to go back yeah uh well you got to go back yeah you, you as i said like with shakespeare you got to remember that some of the earliest writings that inspired film yeah and i would say if we want to go way back as far as writings go mm-hmm. you can't she, look, she's the mother of science fiction herself. Oh, oh yeah. Mary Shelley. Right, right. Who is credited really with inventing science fiction. Yeah. For her little known story called Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus, which is right. the original title of the book. Right. First published in 1818 with uh, multiple publications after that. Mm-hmm. And uh of course uh it it, it the the f- i don't know if they adopted it I, I didn't see that they adopted it in in silent film but the first notable was frankenstein 1931 directed yeah. by james whale right. starring a little known guy named boris Karloff. right and the great colin clive who will forever will always know colin clive as it's alive! It's alive! <laughs> it's alive! Right. Uh, uh, you know, and this movie created its own industry. Okay. I mean, it, yeah. there is a Frankenstein industry. If you look up how many Frankenstein movies there are, the list is huge. Franchise, yeah. E- Abbott and Costello. I, I knew you were going to say that. I knew, Love which is actually one of the more popular, frankly. And of course, it's its own sequels, which was uh, Son of Frankenstein, which I think that's when Basil Rathbone, yes, uh, played, who's very good, who had played previously played Sherlock Holmes, and then of course Bride of Frankenstein. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, it, it, you know, you can pick any. There's so much Frankenstein, and then the ha- English Hammer horror yeah. Frankenstein, oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh. but the original, especially if you see the original kind of what you would call quote the director's cut with restored scenes, because they had to cut the movie down because again censorship. It was like uh, we're not going to have this guy throw the little girl down the well, uh, <laughs> all of that. You know, right. when they recut it, um. It's an amazing film and an amazing story, and so it, it's science fiction. It's about someone messing with science, but he's also messing with the forces of nature. Right, right. And right. you know, as we know, when you mess with the forces of nature, 
bad things will happen. Um, When you mess with the bull, you get the horns. So there's there's many wonderful Frankenstein stories. I will throw one out that I saw as a kid that I really loved. It was a, I guess it was a British produced uh, television movie, which ended up being kind of like a series like Two Nights on NBC in 1973. Check out Frankenstein, The True Story. Oh. Uh, stars James Mason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it gets better. Jane Seymour. Oh. Wow. Uh, Michael Sarazen, who... Yeah. If you saw his face, you might reckon he did a lot of TV and stuff back in the day. He plays the the monster, quote, Agnes Moorhead is in it. Oh. I didn't even realize. I haven't seen this in years. Ralph Richardson, John Gielgud, and even Tom Baker, Holy Doctor God. Who himself isn't. Yeah, I didn't. And I haven't seen this movie in years. I yeah. love this movie. I watched it as a kid. It freaked me out. Uh kind of similar to the hammer the english kind of had their little more horrific take like like you know when you have the severed hand like kind of just move around a little bit yeah. ever since like dark shadows as right. a kid that that would freak the heck out of me it's like right. you know and it, i'd always be like why do you have a severed hand in a box i, I don't understand even <laughs> like thing why do you have that yeah did you want to get rid of that well it's our friend look yeah. thing yeah, but it, it, right, it, it it took the Adams family to uh, yeah. uh, kind of take the uh, lead out of it. Yeah, yeah, for me as a kid, because before that it was like, oh no, 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 limbs crawling across the room on their own. No, thank you. You know, right. you're a kid. You're like, ah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got a question for you then. Yeah. If there is no uh, Frankenstein, okay, Mary, Mary uh, Shelley, she she runs off with you know Lord Byron, never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's no Frankenstein, is is there a Bram Stoker Dracula? That's a great question. Yeah, because he he's next on the list. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, one thing I I should say it just. Before we go to Bram Stoker, because I want to put in a I want to put in a plug for Mary Shelley. <laughs> um, Shout uh, out. Uh, and, and there's modern interpretations. I know there was one with De Niro that I haven't seen oh, that's yeah. supposed to be real good and more accurate to the book. Uh, oh, one thing about Frankenstein, the 1931 story deviates because the monster's an idiot. Right. You know, the whole brain. <laughs> right. You know? And they do that. Of course. Oh, what's another great Frankenstein story? Mel Brooks, right? Young Frankenstein, a yeah. classic Frankenstein, right? You know, I love um, it. You know, the blood, blood, blood. you know, I love that part. But in her story, uh, the monster has a whole narrative. He's not, he's, he's intellectual. And they do that more in the true story and updates where, where they kind of go, no, this, 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 you know, hey, I was brought back to life. I have feelings and ideas. Um, but I was going to say, you know, she's so, so fascinating because she was, yeah, married to, was it Lord Byron, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, Shelley. No, not Lord Byron. Lord yeah. Byron was her friend. It was the, right. the poet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Percy. Yeah. But I think she knew Lord Byron. They all hung out. Lord Byron. Um, I, ha- I have them married, dude. Yeah. But never mind that her last name is uh, Shelley. Right. Anyway. But, you know, she writes this 
thing that is just like takes you know you know the world by storm i mean it's like wait wait where did this ha- come up this is this has never been done before and mostly she writes a lot of travel logs and stuff just in her day to day you know like like ian fleming did outside of writing james bond he wrote like travel logs well when you're in jamaica um uh but later it was interesting she uh wrote another sci-fi story called the last man which there was a silent film made of and it was the first dystopian apocalyptic sci-fi story wow she's writing this in you know the 1800s get this it's a story about a man living at the end of the 21st century, starting in 2073 and concluding in 2100 as a plague has destroyed civilization. Mary Shelley mm. wrote that. Mm. Last man. Mm. I, I had no idea. I'd never heard of it. There's a silent film based on it, but I'm like, wow, what? You know, you know yeah. like no one's writing stuff like this. No, not at all. Not not back then. So shout out to Mary Shelley. Right. So Bram Stoker, uh-huh. 1897, Dracula, yet another uh, thing that takes creates its own industry, mm. takes it by storm. Um, oh, so I, I, I have Nosferatu on there, 1922. Oh, yeah. Max, uh... Max Schreck. Max Shrek, yes. Shrek, yeah. Good love, Nosferatu, man. And that was uh, directed by Friedrich Murnau, who uh, later, in 1926, makes silent film called Faust. Faust is yet another uh, paranormal type of uh, genre. Uh, most famously written by the German poet Goethe. Uh, this is where you get the pact with the devil. <laughs> yeah. You know, meeting with the devil, meeting with the, you know, the, the paranormal type things. Right. Um, so, and as far as, okay, as far as Nosferatu go, uh, you can do Dracula. As far as Nosferatu goes, you got the original, 1922. Uh, the remake is really, really good. Nosferatu, the vampire, the yeah. German film remake, 1979, by Werner Herzog, starring Klaus Kinski. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Klaus looks fantastic Yeah, as the vampire. I mean, he's in the makeup everything his breath yeah. he's creepy as hell i mean klaus kinski is always creepy as hell in most of his movies so you right. know it, he 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 plays that really well there there was a movie about the making of nosferatu uh, shadow you know, shadow of the vampire yes 2000 yes. and i have it on my list because i was like what was that movie i loved that movie mm-hmm. it stars john malkovich as murnau and mm-hmm. William Defoe plays yeah. Max Schreck slash Count Orlock. Yeah. And it has Carrie, I can never pronounce his last name, Carrie Ills, who El- is also, Elwes? 
Yeah, L was L was that's it. Carrie El was who was in Bram Stoker's Dracula uh-huh. as well. Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Udo Kier. <laughs> and Catherine McCormick is is in it as well. I have not seen that in years since I saw it in the theater and I loved that movie. Right. It's a dark comedy about the making of Nosferatu based on true right. facts. Yeah, Max Shrek was one odd dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like uh that movie reminds me of of um and it kind of didn't come out around the same time the one that um they made about uh oh the 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 famous B movie actor or B movie creator, you know, Plan 9 from Outer Space oh, and yeah. oh, all yeah. that. Oh yeah. And uh and Johnny Depp, Ed Wood, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shadow of the Vampire is a very kind of kind of Ed Wood type film so if you like ed wood shadow of the vampire is really good i i couldn't find it on streaming because i was like god i'd I'd love to watch that one again yeah dude i I couldn't find french connection anywhere nowhere yeah not netflix not prime not max not wherever man yeah it's uh, it's bummed me out but uh, since we uh, made a reference to uh, french connection i have gone way off on left field to throw that out yeah yeah so uh what about so dracula uh your favorite interpretations of dracula oh my favorite is by far bella lugosi Mm -hmm. oh yes oh oh yes Although uh, the one with Gary Oldman, yeah, uh, I didn't, I didn't. Francis mind. Coppola, yeah. Oh, you know, I, I just had a hard time with Keanu Reeves, you know. But and you uh, really, you are really harshing on my leading men. <laughs> First is Tom Cruise. Now you're dissing Keanu. Well, I don't mind Keanu. I mean, he's gotten way better over time. He's on I mean, tour I, with I, his band. I, I love Star or something. Yeah. Yeah, I love me the uh, his what John Wick movies. Yeah, yeah i I've seen the first one and the last one. Yeah, <laughs> in between, I haven't had time to 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 see the. And honestly, it was okay as long as you saw the first John Wick movie, yeah. you could go in and see the last movie. It was right. like, okay, no, I know what's going on here. It's he like I'm not sure over. what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Uh wow yeah yeah but for me it's Lugosi man I mean it's just mm-hmm. I I am a sucker for nostalgia I I recently I think I I think it was on Sven Gulli last year or Ooh. something maybe and I watched watched it or, or maybe I watched it on Halloween I don't know and uh the scenes about the mirrors with Lugosi as he's trying to like navigate like around the mirrors mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. you know he's like flipping it's like mm-hmm. you know that that is a great scene yep. like he plays that so well right. and the guys are like you know if we don't see that guy's reflection in the mirror right we know and, what's up and when he does the hand thing you know he's double jointed so he, oh yeah you know it, it, that it, that you know is classic too i, I love yeah. that part yeah um uh so so why if you're a vampire and you're walking around 
<laughs> and I can talk to you and I can touch you and you can bite me. Why in the hell can't I see you in a mirror? Huh? I, I don't know where that come, the, comes from <laughs> in, the, in the lore of it. That's a good question to ask uh, Dr. Rebecca Housel, <laughs> the pop culture professor. Uh, I mean, okay, if I can see you, I'm assuming the photons are bouncing, you know, I, yeah. what would be the difference with the reflecting the mirror? I'm sorry, just just I, a I, science I, question. Just have that question. I don't know. But it's a well-known fact, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, was it was it uh, Abbott? There's an Abbott and Costello where they meet Dracula, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what it's called. Like it might it, be it's Abbott. The one with Frankenstein. It's because uh, it's got all three. Oh, okay. It's got uh, Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah. Yeah. And Bella. Yeah, and apparently that Bella had not played Dracula. Like he's not in sequels and all that. Yeah. And he came back to play Dracula in the Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Like, I think he was just like, I'm not going to do that or pay me lots of money or something like that. <laughs> right. Well, it was, and, later, it was later in his uh, yeah. career and he, you know, he, he didn't have a, a, a good down, you know, he had a bad downfall. Well, go see Ed Wood. Right. Johnny Depp and Martin Landau plays Bella Lugosi and <laughs> you know, he's doing Ed Wood films. You know, he kind of had a trajectory like Peter Lorre, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. um, but yeah, there's, there's some interesting things and, and I can't remember Martin Lando if he won the Oscar for that. I mean, he was nominated for that yeah, role. He did. He, he won it. Yeah, yeah, remember when he's uh, he has the statue and he's jumping up and down. Uh, afterwards, he was like very animated. I think he got mad too. I think they cut him off. The TV uh, went to oh yeah, yeah, break and he got he got a little angry over that. But yeah, uh, um, let's see. So we had Dracula. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going okay. I'm going in the opposite direction from uh, the vampires. Uh. Night of the Living Dead. Yep. Yep. I I just had to do it. Uh, was it Roger Corman? Roger Corman. Yeah. I mean, that's a classic. Night of the Living Dead. I mean, how many uh, zombie films have been spawned by that? You know? Yeah. The... um. Yeah, I mean that it just started again a whole industry. Yeah. I mean, when you think Frankenstein, you think Dracula, you think zombies. It's a whole industry. It's like right. you know, you're talking about well, how many movies could I watch? Well, here's a stack of them. You're you're going to be busy for weeks and months and months and right. Um better free and I, calendar. Joe Bob Briggs on his show just showed the was it the last one? Because it's a he did do a series. He did Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. Day of the Dead, Day of the Dead, mm-hmm. and it was the nineteen one that was in the nineteen eighties. I believe so. Yes, early eighties. Yeah, with with this agro military guy that just really annoyed me. <laughs> no. The the woman in it, the star, who's the the gal, kind of 
she's kind of like an Ellen Ripley type, like trying to take charge and yeah. fight the zombies. But there's this guy who's just like over the top, and it's it was like okay, uh, yeah, you know, they liked it. I was kind of like yeah, okay. <laughs> um, if you, I'm okay. I, I'm gonna. Is this a confession time? Sure. There's no one listening. There's no one listening to this. Right? No, 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 no. It's just you and me. Yep. We're just talking privately. Yep. Oh yeah. Like no one's gonna hear nope. this. It's, nope. You're gonna turn no. the turn the cameras, turn the recording off. I'm just gonna confess. Okay. Off I'm the not, record. Yeah, totally off the record. No one's listening. Jason. Mm-hmm. I'm not so keen on zombies and zombie movies. Uh, yeah. I uh I. I became just, it was overkill, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just mm-hmm. so many World War Z, all, all the stuff, and it just, it it turned me off. I mean, I started watching, uh, what's that series that's out? The uh, Walking the Wa- Dead. Yeah, yeah, I started watching that, and I just, yeah. I just got turned off. Me too. I, I, I When it was first season, I, I all my friends were watching, I turned it on, and I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, I just don't it just I find that a lot of the movies are the same now me saying that I will I will tell you what zombie movies I do like okay okay why like like vampires cool because Mm -hmm. they're they're like in vamp okay the vampires got a little oversaturated too with um you know the um uh, what's her name Twilight yeah, and then before that, the the writer, you know, oh, uh, Charlene Harris was that True Blood? No, no, no. Before that, again, Tom Cruise and and all of them, the the oh, um, Anne Rice. Yeah, Anne Rice. You know the Anne Rice stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Which which was fine, but vampires they're they're smart and they're intelligent and they're sooth. If you do a vampire right, they're soothsayers, sure, and seducers, sure. Zombies just sort of show up and, you know, and you're just like, okay. Yeah. And now what? There is one zombie movie that I did like uh, because it had a different angle to it. And that is the serpent and the rainbow. Oh, because it had the voodoo. Okay. And that's actually where a lot of zombie stuff comes from. Yeah. See, I like that too. If you had more of the voodoo thing, because the voodoo stuff creeps me out. Right. And so, but Anne Rice, she's like New Orleans, right? So that's voodoo country oh, down yeah. there. Um, yeah. So, so Night of the Living Dead is a classic. That is a great movie. Yeah. Like you, you can't touch that. Um, I like Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because right. it's a twist yep. on the zombies. Yeah. Um, that's a classic. And a more recent, we're probably talking all these old movies and not so recent movies, but a more recent movie was, uh, gosh, I can't remember. Is it Japanese or Korean? I think it's Japanese. Train to Busan. Heard that is title, a don't never seen it. That is good. Yeah. Check it out. Um, yeah, let me see. I want to see what year it is. That that has become a cult classic. Um. Oh, South Korea. Yeah, it's oh. Korean. Uh, and Korean, not into Korean cinema, you should be. Yeah, it's Korean film, 2016. 
and it, it's really good. Um, and you know, it, it the thing about zombies is zombies aren't really interesting, right? Unless, no. like in Shaun of the Dead, you can talk to them and go, "Well, how you feeling being a zombie?" Well, not so good. Um, <laughs> not so good. Uh, but they're, they're like a force of nature. Yeah. Once someone gets zombified, mm-hmm. um, and in Train to Busan, you know, it's like a, and it's also like more like a plague kind of a thing in modern times yeah and train to basan has that but it's really about the characters who are surviving and the sacrifices they make and who lives who dies it's very like a kind of night of the living dead type feel because that's the drama in night of the living dead right you're following these characters are they gonna are they gonna be able to survive what's gonna happen i mean because the zombies you're not really uh, you know they're one What's their Yeah, they're one dimensional. It's like arms, legs, brains. Okay. Right. Uh, so it's really you're following the stories of the people. How are you going to get out of this? Right. And um yeah, Train to Basan was really well done. The the effects 2016, the effect I mean, get get this, they're on a train. Who knew? Um but you know, seeing the <laughs> zombies all swarm and you know, on these tra- as they're trying to get the heck out of dodge. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's like, okay, we're safe now, we're safe now. Boom, 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 boom. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm you know, and I'm stuck on this train, you know. Right. And then it's there's not just all these on a train, it's zombies on yeah. a train. Please do not go to the smoking car. And there's heartbreaking sacrifices yeah. and stuff. I mean, you have like the young couple, high school couple in love and all that, and the businessman, the Korean that was a good movie. Real good movie. I, I recommend the modern modern zombie movies, Train to Busan. Most people who probably are into the zombie genre has have seen has seen that movie. Gotcha. Um, hey, uh, do you want me to insert a really bad joke here? Sure. Okay. If it's if if they're doing a movie in Korea, it's got to have soul. Yeah. Anyway, that's true. That's true. That was a bad joke. I know. Uh, See, I, I gave you fair warning. Yeah. All right. So I. How about how about this? Okay. Um. Roger Corman. Sure. Well, we have yet to touch on one of the other great writers that have influenced so much in film, and that is one little poet named Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Raven. How about the House of Usher? Oh, yeah. 1960, Roger Corman and Vincent Price. Was was it just called the House of Usher or was it like Fall of the House of Usher? I can't remember. I had had House of Usher here. I think maybe the, the... the Poe is called Fall of the House of Usher. I, I had House of Usher. It's like the House of Usher, Fall of House of Usher, you know. Right. But that uh, was a Roger Corman and kind of along the same line. And then they followed it up in 64 with Mask of the Red Death. Ooh. So this is when Vincent Price starts going like master Poe horror. Yeah. And yeah, and they had so much success with, with that. Uh, I love Mask of the Red Death because, again, mm-hmm. not really zombie, but, you know, plagues and right. things that hurt you. 
right. are bad. The movie I saw a long, long time ago. I don't remember much about it, uh, but you know the whole Vincent Price thing. I mean, you, you can't go with those movies without mentioning Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Well, and then and then and then, you know, then we go back to that Mary Shelley, the Last Man on Earth, yeah. which is then tied into that whole plague, and you get into. Um, you get into uh, Vincent Price again yep. Yep. with the last, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was called the last man on earth, which is based on I am legend. Yes. Which then becomes in the 71. The first that I saw before I saw the Vincent Price was the Charlton Heston movie, the Omega man. Oh, I love that movie. Love and it, it. Again, I throw that more. I would, it's not really a zombie movie, but mm. there's a movie that I loved because the people do get zombie. You get the plague, you get zombified. It's scary, mm-hmm. but they're not. Are they autonomous? I don't know. Uh, it was at Anthony Zerba, I think is the leader yeah. of them. And, you know, he's got an agenda. Yeah. Um, so I like stuff like that. Um, yeah. Omega man was awesome. Charlton Heston, man. Well, uh, it, it, I had never seen the last man on earth, the one that was based on I am legend, the original Vincent price. Yeah. And I watched it. It was very, very, very good. Hmm. And again, he's like, there's, there's some great scenes where he goes to a fire pit and they're like burning the bodies, you know, yeah, of the people who've been affected by the plague. Yeah, it's it's and he's a scientist, of course. He, you know, the story is he's trying to figure out what happened. Um, and and I haven't seen it, but I I believe it's Will Smith. They did a remake, yes. you know, of I Am yeah. Legend. Not did you bad. see that one? Yeah, not bad. Okay, didn't, didn't mind it. You yeah, know, there, there's, seen it. there's some offshoots of that too. I mean, uh, the latest one is The End of Us. That's got like Pascal hmm. some, something in it. And oh yeah, it, it, it's a limited series, and uh, uh, I'm not a big, huge zombie guy, but it's kind of an offshoot of it because the zombies aren't your prototypical zombies. It's it's a uh, smart sort of parasite. Yeah, that yeah. takes takes over your you know motor functions and your brain, and uh, I mean it's 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 very suspenseful. That's a good story. Because it has some basis in science fact. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, people know about the zombified, is it the zombified ants, I think? The parasite that takes over ants and actually takes control of their motor functions. There's a few other insects. It's like a fungus. Yeah. And a fungus that can actually take over an insect and make make it do its dastardly deeds to procreate. And the insect's dead. Basically, it's literally zombified. Um, there's might be a thing about birds. So and and what is well, The Last of Us, mm-hmm. that video game turned movie TV show is all right. about that, right? Right. Well, the Last of Us series is yeah. zombies will never go away. No, 
And what is, what is it with our uh, psyche or whatever that we always have to have this apocalyptic sort of mind bent? Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't know. Well, you know, with the zombies, it's like that loss of control, that hopelessness. Right. You know, like if you get sick or you, you have a, you know, mm-hmm. you feel, you know, that loss of control. Something's going wrong with my body. What do right. I do? I mean, that's again, like the example of going back to Rosemary's baby. That's like pregnancy horror, pregnancy right. anxiety. Zombies are like medical anxiety. Right. You know what? Well, well, what if I catch that? You know, um, oh, you know, all of horror paranormal has to play on some deep psychological, sure. um, uh feeling i guess yeah Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this question would you consider paranormal okay the stand you know steve yeah 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 wouldn't you yeah don't you think i mean but you know anytime stephen king i mean it's very you know i mean he's you know he's the he's he's the man. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And I do have one on the list which I think is very very much in the paranormal. Okay. World. I don't know if yeah, maybe we should do we want to go there? Sure, sure why not? Well, you bring up Stephen King and I now this really gets into what I feel. We're kind of talking horror, paranormal, you aliens, you I really feel like this movie and a couple others I have on this list are really paranormal, okay. like pure paranormal. Mm-hmm. The, and again, this goes back to Christopher Walken, The mm-hmm. Dead Zone. Yes, yes, yes. 1979, written by Stephen King, mm-hmm. directed by the a master of paranormal directors uh, in 1983, David Cronenberg. Oh. Uh, stars Christopher Walken, Brooke Adams, Tom Skerritt, Herbert Lom is in it, Anthony Zerba, Love yeah, Anthony Zerba, Colin Dewhurst, and Martin Sheen. Uh, a young Martin. Sheen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, not as not as young as uh, Apocalypse Now, though. Right. Um, right. Young Christopher Walken. Uh, the Dead Zone, I think, is absolutely a purely paranormal film, um, and a great watch. And I know then they did a TV series of it. I don't know if they remade the movie as well. They did a. a I heard good things about the TV series. Yeah. Again, Christopher Walken is great in it. Yeah. Didn't the and, TV series, didn't that have uh, one of the guys from the Brat Pack in it? Uh, oh, as a little kid, because it had a little the little kid in it, maybe. Uh, I want to say it was, uh, remember the, the, the guy had red hair, he was in Breakfast Club, 16 Candles. Oh, no, that Anthony Michael Hall, which yeah. I think he, I think he's the one who did the TV series. Yeah, right. I think he 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 was the Christopher Walken character. Right. So so the Dead Zone, uh, and I'm trying to remember, the, definitely one that I want to rewatch. I, it was I had the tape. I would, th- this is a movie that I believe doesn't he get struck by lightning, I, something like that. Yeah. I think he gets something happens. And he all of a sudden starts having premonitions, ESP, 
pure paranormal. Sure. And of course, you know, you can do that and nothing happens, but no, no, when he thinks something's going to happen, something happens. <laughs> um, kid yeah. almost drowns. He sees it. He saves it. And people are trying to deal with this, right? Uh, and he starts to become an outcast. Again, what he's going through psychologically. Um, yeah. I just can't remember. I, I didn't look up the, the... I've seen it so many times, but you know how you've seen a movie so many times and then you... Right. You haven't seen it in a few years, and it's like, now what happened in that movie again? And you watch it again, and you go, oh yeah, oh yeah, I love this part. I, I live that every day. Oh no, he has a. Yeah, I, I just wanted to. After having a headache following a ride on a roller coaster in Castle Rock, Maine, school teacher Jimmy Smith politely declines if Sarah to spend the night with her, and then he gets in an accident in stormy weather, and he he wakes up. And um, then he's gained the ability to psychically see aspects of people's lives through physical contact, right? So, like, if he touches someone, he all of a sudden gets this, you know, yeah, thing. Like, you really did that after band practice back in the day? <laughs> you saw that? Oh, that was... Uh... Uh, I r- highly recommend The Dead Zone. Those very potatoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very paranormal. Yeah, very much so. Um, okay, I'm I, throwing out one that was huge, you know, in the eighties. Poltergeist. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's that's a low hanging fruit one. I uh yeah, I I I I was gonna put that on my list, but I forgot. Um but absolutely poltergeist. Oh yeah. I, I don't think that, yeah. I mean, that's 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 purely. Mm-hmm. So let me see here. Uh, one more. Uh, I'll give an uh, give an honorable mention. Another one on the Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the same year, actually, this movie came out the same year in 1983. Douglas Trumbull's Brainstorm. Oh, okay. okay. Now, th- now this is really, yeah. it's a sci-fi movie, again. And this is one where you hook up electrodes and you record your brain scan on this fancy laser tape. And then you can play it back, put on the electrodes, and relive. Like, you could go ride a roller coaster and then go, check this out. And I could put the electrodes on and ride the roller coaster as you and experience it Ooh. directly through the brain brain waves, right? Yeah. And it's this uh thing that these scientific researchers have uh created this machine. Of course, it's under military contract, so mm, you know, yeah. we yeah. want that for the military. Um one of their ideas is to train fighter pilots uh-huh. like in realistic flight simulators that sort of thing. Right. Um and so it's a sci-fi movie and also if that sounds familiar uh, there was a very, very similar movie done years later by um, not Jane Campion, uh, uh, Cameron's, uh, oh, Catherine Big- Bigelow, written by James Cameron, which was um, Strange Days. Okay. With yeah. Angela Bassett, which was on streaming a while ago, and I rewatched it because I hadn't Ray, seen it for Ray years. Ray Fiennes, too, right? Ray Fiennes, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Saw that in the movie. Very good movie. Yeah. Yeah. So did I. And it was a. I think it was Catherine Bigelow, and and Cameron when they were together. Cameron wrote wrote the script, but very similar to Brainstorm. Brainstorm, though, the reason so it's sci-fi, but I really do need to put it in um, paranormal because it really. I don't want to like spoil the movie but really what happens is you've got this thing electrodes that you can put on your brain Mm -hmm. and you can experience anything that that person experienced yeah and play it back yeah directly in your brain okay yeah well what happens well one dude you know puts it on and then he he goes out and hires somebody if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and uh you know, it, it it's like, oh, look, free brainwave porno. Um, <laughs> right. But what Brainstorm really asks the question is, what if someone's wearing that when they die? Oh. Yeah. Oh. And so right. that really becomes the story. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I would call it more paranormal, spiritual. Yeah. You know, hey, the electrodes were on this person. Yeah, they're dead. You know, to me, uh, what lists it at paranormal, especially in the sci-fi realm, is if it's fiction or nonfiction, right? Because yeah. if you have aliens and the the fiction fictional, you know, movies, TV, yada yada yada, but then you have the alleged nonfiction. It to me that right. that's the line. It goes over from sci-fi into what I think is the paranormal. Well, like I say, this movie mainly is the tech, which is science fiction tech and everything, but then it kind of pivots at the end about death and spirituality and that sort of thing. And I I thought that was really brilliant. I really, I went to see the movie in the theater when I was a kid and I really, I've always liked this movie. Um, It stars, um, and then it's also famous for another very, very sad reason. Um, Brainstorm stars Christopher Walken, who's fantastic in it. Natalie Wood plays his wife. Oh, yeah. Louise Fletcher, who also just passed away. I think it's one of her wonderful roles. You know, she was Nurse Ratchet in oh, yeah. um, oh, yeah. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. She was in Deep Space Nine. Uh, Louise Fletcher always was great. Usually played a bad, evil person. Right. Cast, but it, she, she wasn't she wasn't in brainstorm though she was not evil she was one of uh, christopher walken's colleague and cliff robertson oh yeah well he's like um the sad thing about brainstorm is this was the movie where natalie wood died while they were making the movie oh it was her last film yeah. and it's also the reason why just as an aside I don't want to dwell on this, but why Christopher Walken was on the boat with Robert Wagner and Natalie oh, Wood when she drowned. He was on the boat at the time because they were making this movie together. Uh, yeah. And at the time, you know, it was like, are they going to release it? Is it going to be finished or whatever? And they said, no, we've got enough scenes. We've re-edited the story a bit. And maybe if you knew that, you kind of see where it is, but, but in general, I think if you didn't know that fact, it's 
still kind of works. Yeah. You know, maybe you might be like, oh, where was a little bit of a fo- tiny bit of follow up at the end with, you know, his wife, Allie Wood. They play great as a couple and they're going through some issues and whatnot. And and um, there is a scene that almost like brings me to tears where they're basically getting a separation. Mm. And and they got this machine that records your thoughts and your memories and stuff. Yeah. What happens if you're going through that and you play back your other partner's memories? Oh, ooh. And you see yourself yeah. through the emotions and the feelings of that other person. A different interpretation. Yeah. 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 It's just great things in this movie. I uh, I think, and I think it's become a cult classic. It's been hard to find over the years. I don't know if it's on streaming. Um, Douglas Trumbull was a director, you know, but also uh, he he did like the special effects on Close Encounters and stuff. He came from the special effects world. But yeah. um, again, I put that on the list because it's a great Christopher Walken film. It does deal with some of those paranormal aspects about the afterlife yeah. and um, great movie. Really great movie. Yeah. Uh okay, I'm gonna throw out a, a another another movie, The Shining. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Jack I, I, yeah, I didn't. Again, I was typing madly before <laughs> I hooked up my thing to Doing zoom. Your, uh, thesis, and I, I was thinking to myself, you know, oh, you gotta put The Shining on there. I mean, I mean, okay, out of all the paranormal, like, like at some point we should rate the top. Okay, this is a top paranormal movie. Yeah, Shining's got to be. It's up there, like right up there yeah. at the top. I mean, if you say paranormal movie, pick one. That's going to be on the short list. Sure, sure. You know, that's that definitely um, for me. Uh, I see. I have a hard time picking with so many movies of paranormal. Uh, yeah, and I like movies. Some movies for different reasons than others. Uh, it it's hard for me to pick a top one. Now maybe top five. Maybe top ten, sure, but uh, it, it's hard to really pare it down uh, to you know the number one. You know, Casey Kasem's top forty. You know, I've got two on my list that I'm not gonna drop right now. Okay, that you may not think about. Okay, as top paranormal movies, but I I submit them. We'll do that toward the end. I submit oh. them as uh as a uh, paranormal classics gotcha in the in the top in the top 10 yeah but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that yet because i still got a little more <laughs> still got a little more and hey it, it, do we have it, more time it, uh a little bit uh okay. you know did coin the phrase uh red rum yeah 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 no i mean i i don't think oh, I mean, what do you say about the shining there's not much to to say about it i mean Paranormal movie, The Shining, yes, yeah, a very good paranormal movie. Jack Nichols, right. and Stanley Kubrick, yep. and Shelley Duvall. Oh yeah, yeah, and those uh, twins, and the twins. <laughs> so yeah, so that kind of goes into um, psychological horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I had here is um an author who wrote 
one of the classic gothic fiction kind of paranormal fiction and that is henry james when uh-huh. he wrote the story the turn of the screw right and the reason i bring that up now because you talk about the shining and you talk about the two little girls in that i think the turn of the screw really highlighted that one of the first times we had an example of children involved in paranormal type activity so when the turn of the screw you know this governess comes to take care of these two kids weird stuff is happening there were the previous caretakers that aren't around anymore they're not you know they're gone they're dead and maybe they appear apparitions the kids can see them um stephen king described the turn of the screw and the haunting of hill house is the only two great supernatural works of horror in a century oh wow that's Uh, that's something coming from Stephen King. Yeah, he argued that both contain secrets best left untold and things left best unsaid. Oh, hello. Yeah. And so, like the turn of the screw, uh, there was a Benjamin Britten opera, a Harold Pinter play. Um, I was trying to remember the one that I saw as a kid, and it was actually in a film book that I had. Um, there's been so many different versions of it mm-hmm. but um the one that i remember seeing it's in black and white is called the innocence and it's considered the one of the classic versions of the turn of the screw called the innocence from 1961 mm-hmm. screenplay written by truman capote wow i heard of the name never yeah. seen it. yeah uh directed by jack clayton uh, who did the Great Gatsby with Redford in '74? Yeah. Uh, stars Deborah Kerr Ooh. and Peter Wingard. If you know your British Ooh. actors, yeah. um, and it's actually I found it out there on the YouTube's and stuff. So yeah, uh, again, yeah. Uh, I, more homework. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but there's been that story, and you know it involves kids. The kids. Yeah kind of communing with ghosts and then you got the governess and she's like what's going on here right and there's all these kind of evil underpinnings of things and of course there's always a romantic aspect you know the the master of the house and the young governess i mean the those those um tropes have been played out uh yeah the romantic gothic horror uh dark shadows did an adaptation of it in the 70s um i was looking up because i knew nicole kidman had done it it was back in 2001 the others yes with nicole kidman was an adaptation of the story adaptations are different um actually the dark shadows one was with lynn redgrave um there's a prequel they do a prequel with the characters of um the turn of the screw called the nightcomers Mm -hmm. starring marlon brando Oh. Back in 1972, really, yeah, because and and it all it, a lot of it is you know you got children, you got the spirits, you got all that, and then you have that sexual tension, you know, yeah. the the young governess and the you know master yeah. of the house and all that. So that that's where that stuff comes from. Gotcha. But I just wanted to put that in there. Um. Hey, I'm I'm getting the thing uh five minutes. 
Uh oh. Five. So we're gonna go in the lightning round. Okay. Beep, 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 beep. Okay, I'm gonna throw out two at once, real quick. Okay. Amityville Horror and the yeah. Omen. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Just got through. Yeah, that absolutely. I'm gonna throw out another yeah, I... one. I'm gonna go throw out another one that's uh, off the beaten path, but still I gotta mention it. And that is Flatliners. Oh yeah. That's anyway. a good one. Yeah. But, you know, in the 70s, uh, getting back to Amityville and Pet Cemetery, no, not Pet, the Pet Cemetery, too. But uh, Amityville Horror and The Omen, it was that rush of uh, of uh, these horror slash paranormal movies that, you mm-hmm. know, came out just all, almost all at once. You know, it is a huge, uh, a huge decade. Yeah, those, those are like the classics. Like the seventies had a real, well, the sixties, and then the seventies had that resurgence and more even psychological. Right. Right. Um. Okay, so uh, along with the turn of the screw, uh, there was another author named. Daphne du Maurier. Oh, yes. And her influence over this young British director is very important. Uh, she wrote Rebecca, uh, which was Alfred Hitchcock's first American film. Rebecca. Again, a, a turn of the screw, kind of a, a young governess. There's mm-hmm. sexual tension. There's a ghost and weird things happen. Yeah. Uh, and she wrote some other things at Jamaica Inn, which is very interesting. It's all psychological type horror but later she wrote another story called the birds yes yes and so in 19 in 1963 alfred hitchcock did the birds and i think the birds is very much a psychological paranormal film i do too yeah like zombies it's a force of nature what Mm -hmm. the hell's up with the birds yeah they're out killing people we don't know why right they're just kind of how do we stop them what do they want? What is it you say? <laughs> Where are they from? What do they want? Right. Um, so Hitchcock, I mean Hitchcock has some, but the birds I think is one of his most paranormal. Yeah, I think so too. Uh huh. Psych- Psycho is more psychological, kind of paranormal. Spellbound, again, psychology. Mm. Then you get into Vertigo, yeah, which has a whole. A uh, paranormal storyline, but then it's the underpinning of what's what's the scam and all of that. Yeah. Now a very fine paranormal film that came out in the exact same time that Vertigo did, nineteen fifty eight. That stars the same two stars of Vertigo, Ooh. James Stewart and Kim Novak. Mm-hmm. It's called Bell Book and Candle. Never heard of it. Oh my God! That's, uh, so you got Vertigo, Alfred yeah. Hitchcock, James Stewart, Kim Novak, Bell Book. Then the comedy Bell Book and Candle, nineteen fifty-eight, starring James Stewart, Kim Novak, Jack Lemmon, Ernie Kovacs, Hermaine Gingold, I don't know, and Elsa Lancaster, who, by the way, was the Bride of Frankenstein. Ah. This is a movie where Kim Novak is a witch, and casts a spell on James Stewart. It's a comedy. But the weird thing is, it came out the same 
year as Vertigo. And it was like the same. And both like Kim Novak is both this mysterious. And and at one point when I was younger, I, I would get the two movies mixed up. It was like, was that the one where she had the cat? Or was that the one where she was standing and jumping into the, the you know, by the Golden Gate in San Francisco Bay? You know, yeah. but yeah. out of those, Vertigo has that storyline, but Bell Book and Candle really is the supernatural story. But both are worthy in the paranormal realm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Old movies, man. Old movies. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Okay. I've got the last one I'm throwing out. Okay. Last one The Sixth Sense. Ooh. I did not think of that one. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. M. Night Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Bruce Willis. Yeah. You know, signs popped up. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. The M. Night, man. But the sixth sense, the sixth sense is fantastic. Unbreakable, too. Oh, yeah. Unbreakable. Yeah. No, how yeah, he's gotta be on the list. The six senses. Well, both both six sense and unbreakable are brilliant. Sure. Brilliant sure. movies. All right, lightning round. One last one. Uh, I'm gonna throw out I'm gonna throw out a, a handful all okay. from the eighties here. Okay. Scanners. Again. Oh, yes. David Cronenberg. Yes. Purely a paranormal movie. Yeah. Uh, ESP and blowing people up. Mm-hmm. Along the same lines, Stephen King follows up in 84 with Firestarter. Yes. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Again, lots of... Don't mess with that ESP stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, Cronenberg, I'm going to throw this one out. Cronenberg as well, because Cronenberg again. Videodrome. Heard of it, never seen it. Oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, it's it, Debbie Harry, Blondie. Oh, okay. Okay. One of my most just all-time favorite films, Jacob's Ladder. Yes. Yes. Nineteen ninety. Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins, the yes. late Elizabeth Pena, died too soon, and Danny, Danny Aiello. I think yeah. Jacob's Ladder is a brilliant story, brilliant mm-hmm. script. It it that's a movie that when I watch I'm emotionally changed. Oh, young Macaulay Culkin is actually in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, directed by Adrian Lin. Um, that that movie, if you want paranormal, yeah. and and it, it if you get into it, it can be a heart heart wrencher. Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, yeah. The, the end. Holy. Yeah, God. the end. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. The end. Yeah. Oof. Well, one last Stephen King one before we close up shop with Stephen King. Uh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pennywise. Oh, and I I wrote this one down. I can't remember what the year this is. Absolutely, if you if you've never seen this movie, go see this movie again. It's like in the eighties uh, movie genre. Goes good with that list of video drama. The Rapture. Oh yes, with David Duchovny and uh, Amy. Amy, not Amy Archer. No, what? What's her name? Tom Cruise's ex-wife. It was um, uh, I oh, can't remember. Yeah, uh, David, early David Duchovny film. Yes, it's yeah. the Rapture. It's about guess what? It's about 
the rapture, the <laughs> biblical book of Revelation rapture. And it's right there on the screen. And you're like, the movie Spoiler I watched, alert. I was drinking wine late one night on a Saturday night. Friday night, I'm just like, <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? Yeah. I was like, and, and if you like, if you're like me or like Jason Allen and you've had your Bible studies when you were a kid, you're going to be like, what the what? <laughs> right. It's the rapture. I never saw that coming. Yeah. No. It. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Well, let's see. That did happen in the book of Revelation, didn't it? Well, there it is on the screen. It's really good, though. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's totally a con- well contemporary movie at that time. Yeah. But they just pretty much go. You know what this movie is about? The Rapture. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's one of my cult favorites. Sure. And who doesn't like Duchovny? I mean, you could throw in the X-Files movie and the X-Files and sure. all that, of course. Sure. So I, I do propose one thing before we go is the all-time top, because I got two that are going to blow your mind, I think. Yep. So you had The Shining, right? Sure. Is there anything else like must-see paranormal? Oh geez, I don't know. Uh, if you're if it's Stephen King, Christine. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, Christine. That's a great. That's a. Steve. See, you can pretty much take the Stephen King catalog. Right. That's but, the whole thing. Yeah. Let's, let's just throw... maybe not misery, but you know. No, but I think. Uh, doodle do. <laughs> I'm your, I'm your, be- what is it? I'm your biggest fan, Kathy Bates. Holy cow! I got to see that movie again. Yeah, that was such a great movie. Love it. The late James Con, and also Stand by Me. That was Stephen King as well. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the coming to age, right? The the, the book, uh, the yeah. book with uh, the body. Yeah, they were more like autobiographical, like what it's like to be an author and all that, but. But but most of the body work of Stephen King is going to be all in the list. Yeah. Okay. So the essential paranormal films. I think The Shining goes there. Mm-hmm. You ready to for me to blow your mind? Okay. A Christmas favorite. A Christmas Carol. Very true. Very true. One of the greatest paranormal yep. and yep. holiday stories <laughs> of all time. Yep. My favorite. Uh, is probably the Albert Finney musical version from 1970. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that, the Albert Finney. But the Muppets did it. Patrick yep. Stewart did it. George C. Scott. Yep. You have a classic, everyone loves this movie, the comedy Scrooged with Bill Murray. Yep. Yep. I mean, this this movie has been made a million times, great versions. Um, but you, Christmas Carol is a paranormal movie. It is. It is. Fa- my favorite version of the Christmas Carol is the George C. Scott one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. I, I I like the Finney one because I like the musical numbers in that. Right. And I like Albert Finney too. Oh yeah. Who who doesn't like Albert Finney? So would you put that on a top paranormal list? Oh a Christmas Carol? Plus, yeah. Um now that you mention it, yeah, because I mean it's an it's essential a... story. Right. I mean, whether you and a well-known it, story. Yeah. Whether you consider it paranormal or not, uh, or just, you know, like a, a holiday uh, film, it it's uh, it's it's right there. A part of the stitches and cloth of Americana. It, it 
even though it was written by a British guy. Right. But uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's become so synonymous in the U.S. at Christmas time, uh, next to a Christmas story with Ralphie, that, uh, uh, I mean, it's quintessential. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't go Christmas season without it. But these spirits come to this guy and take him through different time periods in his life. There's nothing more paranormal than that. Right. Whether it's... Right. Muppets doing it, or you're singing a musical, or, or Captain Picard is doing it, right? That right. is paranormal. That is yeah. like so paranormal. Like you tell me, you wake up one day in this story. Well, I, Doc, I can't believe what happened. I well, took me through my life, and I've changed everything. Right. I'm not a miser anymore. It's there, like there was there was one part in the Patrick Stewart one that I didn't like doing that because he's he's uh, going on one of his monologues, and then he turns to the camera and goes, "Make it so." Oh, you know, that kind warp of... factor six. <laughs> right. right, and here's the greatest paranormal movie of all time. Okay, Ghostbusters. Who oh, are you gonna call? Right, I didn't. You know that. Uh, just kind of if it's if it's a con to me if it's comedy, it's gonna go. Uh, I'm not gonna notice it simply because when I think of the paranormal, it's always either creepy or. We're serious, right? It, uh, but you're right, Ghostbusters. But, but, Ghostbusters is a comedy that yeah. takes the paranormal seriously. Yes. They yeah. do, because Dan Aykroyd wrote it, and yeah. you know well doing this it's show huge. that Dan Aykroyd is huge into the paranormal world. Yeah. Ghostbusters does not make fun. No. Of the whereas if you did a comedy about paranormal stuff, it's like ah oh, isn't this funny? And we're making fun of paranormal. Ghostbusters yeah. takes the subject matter extremely seriously. Sure. Those events happen right. in Ghostbusters. Right. The guys are funny. The Ghostbusters themselves are funny characters, but they take it seriously, and it is it is a serious paranormal film, even though it's a comedy. Sure. And it yeah. spans the you know at the beginning was it. Venkman or who does Bill Murray play where he's doing all the these paranormal tests and yeah. all that stuff you know yeah. it, it, it's like it, it's all there yep. I mean the whole thing is there mm -hmm. you know it is I you know I just for whatever reason it didn't even uh, cross my mind and it but it is I mean it, it is you know you, you, you could read Go you ahead. could rewrite it as 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 not a comedy. Made the, no. make the characters serious, yeah, and do that story, sure, as well, a drama. Ev everything except the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. You'd have to make him like the Michelin tire. Oh no! Oh no! What are you thinking? Oh no! <laughs> it's not. It's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Right. <laughs> He was a beloved childhood thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, but that incident, you're right. But again, it takes the subject matter seriously. Yeah. And it think of a movie. Think of the fans. Ghostbusters is beloved. I mean, you yeah. know, go to your comic cons and stuff. There's yep. always going to be Ghostbusters there. There's le like the legions of Star Wars people, right? We've run into them at the comic cons. There's the Ghostbusters. Yep. There, like, and with great costumes and equipment and everything, right? Yeah. So right. I think, along with The Shining and some of these, I think Ghostbusters needs to be up there as a quintessential paranormal film. There you go. Even though it's a comedy. There you go. 
Hey, folks, uh, if you have movies you think that should go on the list, you can always email us at www.midnightalchemyshow.com. Once again, that's www.midnightalchemyshow.com. Or, hey, come and see us on the Facebook page. Give us a like and uh, tell us what you think, what movies you want in. Yeah. How's that for a plug? I think it's good. I think uh, when you have Doc Housel on, she's going to just tear us apart. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. She, I'm sure <laughs> and she does. should. She knows this way better than, than we do. Well, how many people can be the pop culture professor trademark? Exactly. Yeah. All right, Doc. Thank you so much, man. I, I knew this was going to be an awesome episode. Uh Simply, simply because I mean it's like a coffee with curmudgeons on steroids. Remember to send your comments and complaints to Jason Allen at Midnight Alchemy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. With a new uh, redesigned logo too. Is that what's behind you there? Yep. That's nice. part of it. Yeah. I was gonna say it's it's looking real good. You're giving me like a real Alistair Crowley vibes. Oh jeez. That's right. Look into my eyes. Mr. Crow. I'm going for more of a Jack Parsons vibe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good, too. Yeah. Thank you so much, dude. All right. And uh, it's been fun. Okay. I'm going to ride this off into the sunset. For Doc Normal, I am Jason Allen, and we will see you all again on the next episode. Ari Aberdare Show. Bye.